we found that the yoga studio was having an open day. So we ironically had an open day at the same time. And um, yeah, we, we got a, quite a bit of interest from there and, and students who joined. So. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. Hey, Georgia. Welcome to the Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. And today I've got a repeat guest for the fourth time. I think this is the record, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, George. I think it's about our fourth time we've had a chat. So just for recap, uh, way back, this goes a couple of years back, episode 20, we spoke about 100 new martial arts students in five weeks without sleazy sales. Uh, We got back together on 115, uh, strategic mindset behind running 23 successful martial arts locations. And then 129, success by design, foundations required to set up your next profitable location. So today we're getting back together and it's, it's kind of a bit of a follow-up from the the process of talking about the next profitable location we were discussing the next profitable location blueprint today we're going to do a bit of a deep dive and one question that comes up a lot is what are the things to look for when you set up your new location and so in the, the, the course that we, we created the next uh, profitable location blueprint we've got a worksheet that you can download at this episode, so depending where you're watching or listening, it's at martialartsmedia.com forward slash 131. The number's 131. And it's called the Location Analyzer Checklist. We're not going to dive deep into Kevin's story. You're going to have to go to all those podcasts I just mentioned. So we're going to dive straight into the good stuff. Uh, you happy with that, Kevin? That'd be great, George. All right, perfect. So we've got the Location Analyzer Checklist in front of us, and these are... 13 steps altogether, things that you should be checking out for when setting up your next location. And we're just going to go top to bottom. We'll probably have time for about the first 10. And we're just going to discuss them and jump straight in. All right. So, uh, Kevin, so location analyzer checklist. If we start from the top, number one, think with my head and not with my heart. People are very passionate about martial arts. That's why we're all in this industry. Sometimes that passion can override some sensible analytic thought processes. So what we try to do is get our guys to focus on, right, I think with your head, not with your heart. And what what I mean by that is pretty simple is, okay, sure, be passionate about what you want to do, but at the same time, go through a defined checklist, hence why we've developed this analyzer checklist to enable people to do so. Where are areas that you might get, like let's say you you find this location and are there are there sort of certain elements where you where the 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 love and the enthusiasm can take over 
and you can step into the wrong environment really, really quickly. Yeah, I found, and not only within my organisation, but many people around the world I've discussed this with, is that they may get something well within their budgetary range, for example, but later on they've got to pour so much money into advertising and promotion. Um, it would have been better to have a, a little bit more expensive rent uh, but a better location, that's for example. They may believe it's ideal to be uh, close by to where they live instead of maybe a few kilometres further away or a few miles further away. You've got to really step aside from what suits you the best to what's going to make the business uh, function properly and your club successful, your school successful. All right, number two, commercial property versus light commercial or industrial. Yeah, this is, um, again, one that you really need to think through thoroughly. Uh, ideally, your location needs to be relatively close to where people reside, not where they work, uh, unless you're going to focus on purely daytime-only classes. So commercial property is more like your shopping centres uh, and neighbourhood shopping centres. Like commercial is a combination of a sort of like a shop front with a facility out of the back. So more like your, um, you know, your retail outlets. And then industrial is purely industrial where you're, you're in there where there's, you know, mechanics, cabinet makers, carpentry, um, transport hub, you know, all those sort of things, warehouses. So you need to weigh up what's going to be most appealing to your current and all potential clients in the new location. All right. And not mentioned here, but probably worth adding. You mentioned set up your location where, where people live versus not where they work. Do you mind elaborating on that? Certainly. Look, people need to come home uh, from their work and in the city that could be a, anywhere from a 30-minute to a two-hour drive. And when they're home, you know, if they're going to do an activity, it needs to be in the area that they reside, close by, so they can come home, get organised, come and train, and then they're only 10, 15 minutes back to where they reside, uh, as opposed if it's in where they work in that area. Um, most people don't live in the inner areas of um, commercial areas. They, they reside further out. So it's important to do that uh, demographic analysis before you proceed with even looking for a premises, which is another topic. Yeah, perfect. All right. So number three, do my neighbours operate 24 hours a day? Sounds almost obvious, but probably worth investigating, right? Yeah, very important. Um, I found an ideal location at a, a city and um, thought this is great, but then I realised that um, nobody went home at 430 uh, or five o'clock in the afternoon, that the business kept going and going, and and um, I drove there one morning early, and they were still going. So they had uh, three eight-hour shifts, and it was a light industrial place, and the noise was continuous, traffic was continuous, and um, yeah, it was just unfortunately not an ideal location. So depending on the nature of the business, George, that's the key thing. Uh, but however, importantly, you need to identify. Is it going to be operating 24 hours a day uh, instead of like between you know, 7.30 to 5.30, um, as most businesses do? Are there any businesses that are complete no-go that if they're within close by neighbours, 
that you avoid? Yeah, look, if you share a, a combined sort of, uh, I suppose, car park space and they're a heavy transport company, uh, they're coming and going all the time, you've got to think about, you know, safety of your um, students coming and going, uh, the hours they come and go, it's, it's dark when they leave from training, is it well lit? You know, most importantly, which leads into our next point is that, you know, is it a business that creates a lot of dust, like a tyre place or a, a carpentry shop or metalwork? You know, is that going to float through and into your beautiful new setup and your mats, you know? So, I mean, these are pretty much common sense things, but sometimes when you're leading with your heart and not your head, these are overlooked uh, and it's not until you're entrenched in and, and embedded in there that you come to the the, the realisation that, um, hang on, this is not very, you know, I'm constantly cleaning the mats, I'm, you know, constantly cleaning my pro shop, my waiting area, my office. So, you know, you just a little bit of a uh, little bit of research makes a big difference in the end. Perfect. And so we combined number four there, dust in the air, pink generated by neighbours. And I guess if if you really you know, just as you emphasize point one, you know, if you if you your heart's so into this place, it's easy to to make that thinking. Yeah, okay, but we'll be okay. Not but, always. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, not always. And and if you're locked into a you know a three by three loose, which is you know three years was an option for three years, that's the minimum I suggest. Also, is that you know three years minimum. That way, you you've got a bit of an out in case things don't quite go as well as you anticipated or in that particular area. And, and we need to look at, you know, is the environment great for students and parents? And, and this is a really big one, is that don't go there uh, during the middle of the day when everything's, you know, seems to be going along. You need to go there at your ghost timetable time. So, you know, you need to set up a timetable that you're going to run in that area and you need to look at, you know, getting to the facility, you know, what's the traffic like in that area? Uh, and is it well lit with the nighttime, as I mentioned previously? Is it more, you know, is it parking space? You know, you could, you know, does mum and dad have to walk more than, you know, 150 metres, you know? It's not saying suggesting they're lazy, but it becomes, you know, a bird. anything that's a barrier for the students, you want to, and the parents especially, you want to make sure they're, they're eliminated. So, most importantly, is a safe, worldly, easy to easy access. Right, perfect. So, and I just want to uh, just to find the points there. So, so number five was: is the environment great for students and parents? With that, number six, enough parking, and number seven, is it safe? It's all in integrated, but enough parking is probably the key thing before you can even proceed with the location, because various uh, council or municipalities have various um, requirements with parking and that that can be crucial in you being, even be able to use the facility so you need to investigate that thoroughly and enough parking for your um, you know students and the parents uh, during your go time when you're operating at the most and importantly you know ticking off is it safe and safe comes in many ways and that is do you have to cross three or four high traffic areas is there big trucks around is there you know is it well lit at night um uh, is it access to public transport if you're in the city and how far away is that so and is it a safe thoroughfare to that public transport so th these are a lot of things that you need to look look deeply into before you make um, the final decision 
Okay, number eight, who opens up when we start? Okay, this is a good point, George. You need to look around what other businesses uh, are either operating or opening at the same time you start. Now, when I say start, I refer to your actual afternoon, evening class times. Generally, depending on the area, uh, if you're in a light commercial, most businesses will be closing down. Uh, but not only that, um, some may still be open. So this can be a little bit of a draw for parents if they know that, um, you know, there's not far away they could do some shopping of some descript whilst their child is participating in a class. You just need to go there at the time of your ghost timetable and basically just see what happens. Yeah, one of my friends here in Perth, um, they've got a, a big location in an industrial area and they've been growing and growing and growing and they at this mark of 600, 700 students and the biggest war that they have right now is council and neighbouring businesses that are trying to do everything to shut them down because they just take up all the parking. He's offered to buy the building next door at way above market value and and they just refuse but it's, it's i think it's really something to consider the capacity of right now as well this is what we aim to this is the amount of students we're going to have at this moment but if we scale to a certain point what's going to be the complications of that as well okay well yeah that, that's a good point and there's, there's a number of cases where we can't open till 4 30 p.m as part of the council approval um because I went and seen the other businesses and say, what time do you finish? And they say 4.30 to 5. I say, well, look, we've got people coming in, to, you know, and I set, the, I set down the, um, the details of what time we open and shut. And, um, and, th and they were quite happy because 4.30 they were shutting their doors and we were opening hours. So really wasn't taking up that parking space, especially in a big shared area, uh, in your, like, commercial area. Like, it's like a big... Um, you know, U-shape, and it's usually got hundreds of car parks. And, uh, yeah, you certainly don't want to be taking that. The only guy that was a bit sort of if he was a pizza guy, takeaway guy, but, you know, when I said, oh, look, our guys are going to be hungry, he was his eyes lit up, and so he was become a friend because I said, well, I'm going to be generating new business for you. So, you know, you, you just need to make a, make sure that you find out who opens up and what, when you at your start time, that's for sure. Perfect. I, th I think we can sort of add to that. We, we will share the, the bonus at the end that elaborates on this. But I think it's worth also considering who your neighbours are and how can they benefit from you being, being where you're at. Well, certainly, but I've got plenty of stories about other businesses that are very happy that we're there. They've even decided to keep their business open a little bit longer in the afternoons to enable some of our parents and uh, students pre-class to, to go there, and that's like a coffee shop, you know. So there's a whole story in, in that. But, you know, that's one example. Uh, there was a retailer down the road uh, which, you know, was sort of, like a, sort of like a convenience store and just had a few grocery items. And uh, he said, oh, I generally close at 6 p.m., but now I'm closing a bit later because you're here because people are coming down and grabbing some grocery items, you know, so you form relationships in your area. Excellent. Okay, so number nine, number nine is, is sort of merges with number eight, visit at the times when I will be open. 
Yeah, that, yeah, as I've mentioned a couple of times now, George, it's really important just to go there and, and park across the road or in the car park and, um, you know, do a bit of work on your laptop or your, or your device and but just sort of keep an eye on who's coming and going and get a bit of an idea. And, and you'll see the car park empty quickly at um, 4.30 because the staff, <laughs> they don't want to be hanging around. So, they, you know, or conversely, if there's a, another, like a gym in the area, wow, it's filling up really quickly at this time because, you know, people are coming to use the gym when they knock off work. So you, you just need to just go and see what happens in the area. Also, it is, uh, it's an important thing is if you drive into the area, what route can you take uh, and how long, you know, how heavy is the traffic in the area at that time or the distance from public transport. One of our Sydney locations is directly across the road from the train station, so it's perfect time, you know, so it just depends, depends on the area. So go there and have a visit. Perfect. Cool. Number 10, will parents be inconvenienced? Yeah, this is a tricky one, and that is if they do work further away, come back, and they've got to get the kids to class uh, at, you know, uh, 4 p.m. or 4.30, you need to be really mindful of what happens in that area. We have uh, a number of locations has what's called after-school care or bush or whatever it is, you know, and all those sorts of things. So a lot of the kids go from school to there, but we've managed to liaise with them to get them to drop the kids off. You know, we pick them up from school, they spend an hour at their facility, and then they drop them around in their bus to us, which is a real win because we netted a lot of children out of that one particular location um, because the guy there was, oh, well, you know, they're under our care, but we, we'll drop them off and the parents pick them up directly from us at, you know, 5.30 or 6 o'clock when they get home. So... That's, again, about forming partnerships and seeing who's in your area. But you've got to be mindful of parents, you know, you start your class too early uh, and pet-based parents work, you know, have they got a carer or a grandparent that can drop the child off, uh, you know. So we have early and late classes for children um, to, to facilitate uh, a better outcome, uh, and that's worked really, really well. Perfect. All right, so I said we're going to stop at 10, but I think we have time to actually just go all the way. Let's do it. Number 11, and this is a big one, internet and mobile reception. I found a great location, but I just couldn't get phone reception. So I went and asked a few of the businesses in the area, and they said, oh, yeah, it's terrible here. The internet's shocking. They reckon they're going to do something and all that. And um, as you know, you know, if you've got a CRM that you have people checking in on, you've got... You know, you, you can't operate your business, unfortunately, unless you've got internet and mobile reception. You can, but you know, it's a little bit antiquated. Uh, plus, you want to provide the service if people want to come in and whilst they're waiting, do homework or study or something. We have study benches at our locations where, you know, they can download their information. So, you know, you need to do that. You can do, um, go to, what is it, speedtest.net, I think it is, or use a mobile app just to see what it is. and and go from there. Uh, nowadays, it's not too bad, but four or five years ago, it was a shocker. You know, you, <laughs> you just some areas just didn't have it. I mean, you, ha you can have workarounds, of course, but again, the less inconvenience for everyone, parents, students and staff, uh, the better. Yeah, this is, um, 
my family always laughs because whenever we go check in at any Airbnb or any hotel, the first thing I do is I pull up the speedtest.net app and I just check what have we got? <laughs> or, well, I mean, in that case, you know, whenever you're at, a, at any resort or, or hotel, the internet is, everybody promotes the free Wi-Fi, but it never actually really works. So it's, it's always good to, you know, and most people don't really ask for Wi-Fi anymore because everyone's got enough data on their mobile. But if they're going to be using their mobiles, um, it's also worth checking to see what type of reception is in that area. 100%. And just those little things like that, just make a big difference. Again, it's like the dust floating in on the mats. At first, it's okay. Then it's manageable. Then it's frustrating. And then it's just downright annoying. So, you know, you just got to make sure you cover all bases. A lot to think about. And that's why we use these really defined checklists, such as this one we're discussing today. All right, perfect. So number 12, and then a bonus. So number 12, ideal distance to manage from remotely. Minimum 30 minutes away and maximum 60. There's a lot of information here, but just an overview for everyone, George's ideal distance is 30 minutes away from your current location if you're in a, a big town or a city, and or if you're in a country environment where you have one city and then another one, and you're going there a couple of times a week or you're going to manage it or whatever, or you've got current staff travelling down there, the maximum you want to be 60 minutes away, but you need to be at least 30 minutes away from your current location. Otherwise, you'll have people scavenging, you know, your your um, current location, depending your arrangement, you know, so if it's going to be under licence or if you're going to own, operate or partnership. So you need to, to look closely at that. So, you know, it, it works quite well if you own both locations and they're relatively close. And you've got a big dividing thing like a, a major highway and it's you might only be three or four kilometres away. And it might work really well because people, you know, they never go across the major highway. They do everything on that side. Whereas, you know, in a rural environment, you know, towns are generally for 45 minutes apart. Uh, and as you go further out in the country, you know, that gets further distance apart. But in the city, you know, 30 minutes from your location might only really be six or seven kilometres, but it's far enough away uh, for a new lot of students to come and join there. Yeah, perfect. So for that number 12, um, thanks thanks for the context. In in the next uh, Profitable Location Blueprint course, we've got a, a module that goes through a bit more in depth yeah. of this called the, the Location Identifier. All right, and then the bonus. Are there any businesses that already serve my target audience? gyms, yoga, and so forth? This is a really important one. A lot of people get concerned in the, our industry about, oh, there's a gym across the road or there's soccer fields or there's hockey fields or, you know, netball courts or whatever. Uh, to me, that, that's, that's great because that means you've got active people in the area. We want to uh, have um, uh, more of an audience. So if you've got a martial arts facility, big signage, looks, you know, quite clear to see and you've got netball courts then adjacent to that, so soccer field, uh, you know, rugby league field, AFL field, and you've got or field hockey, uh, that's great. Or if you've got a gym just across the way, yoga studio, Pilates studio. Now, some of those people may not necessarily want to do martial arts or want to do it immediately, but they might go, hey, this is a great idea for my son or daughter. 
uh, or someone they care for, and they may drop them off while they go and do their workout. So we've got a situation in one of our locations is there's a gym, well, there's actually three gyms within, you know, you can throw a tennis ball. <laughs> you know, they're, they're very close by. And we're finding a lot of people are starting to, you know, uh, make inquiries. Um, we've only been there for a few little while now, but um, they're starting to drop their child off and go and do their workout. So, you know, it works really well. Um, and in due course, people start doing the martial arts and then because it's, you know, goal-orientated with belts or other mechanisms to measure graduations, you find that they find that a little bit more exciting to do than just going to do yoga or to the gyms, which is a great, great facilities and a good location, but it attracts your sort of client. And, um, and then it's a case of making sure, you know, there's opportunities for them. And also if the gym's having an open day or whatever, you can jump on the back of that. And uh, there's a, I talk a lot about that in one of our other topics and, um, you know, the success riding on the back of someone else's, you know, marketing program and makes a difference. So uh, we found that the yoga studio was having an open day. So we all ironically had an open day at the same time. And, um, yeah, we, we got a, quite a bit of interest from there and, and students who joined. So. Perfect. So thanks for that, Kevin. So if you want to download the actual checklist, the location analyzer checklist, you can just go to martialartsmedia.com forward slash 131. So numbers 131. And we are running a workshop called the next profitable location blueprint workshop. There'll be a link on the same page that you can access. And uh, also like to mention that the next profitable location blueprint course is also now live. And you can access that from this page or go to nextprofitablelocationblueprint.com. Kevin, thanks so much. Any last words before we, before we head off? Uh, George, yeah, look, I, I think most people have a conceptual idea of opening uh, another location or even enhancing their current location. But the tools that we've developed are very useful and are proven and very successful. Um, so jump on the workshop at least and participate, have a look and see what you, um, you know, there's some tools in there for you. But the course is very comprehensive and um, it's really worked well. So hopefully it'll bring you the same success. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Kevin, thanks so much. And I'll, I'll see you on episode number five, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure, George. Thank you very much and um, much appreciated. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a, a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So uh, it's called the Martial Arts Media Community and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. Uh, there's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. Uh, request to join and I will accept your invitation. Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, 
that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.